He means getting pegged. By the way, um, try to clean that up and post. An Academy Award for ass. She was just a hot piece of ass. Hello and welcome. We are back from theballerlifestyle.com. It is the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. Thank you very much for joining the show. Episode 178. Normally, at this point, I am joined by the co-host Hoboken's own at Daily Ed as regular hashtag team current episode listeners know ed is out of pocket right now he is away he's summering in europe as he is known to do so we will check in with him with a bit of pre-recorded sound uh, but he will not be joining us live instead as we did last week last week if you haven't if you haven't caught up if you're not hashtag team current you need to catch up on the last couple because we're, we, two weeks ago, episode 177, we did a very special episode where we reviewed the movie Rocky Four, And we were joined by special guests, Travis Rogers and Jason Stewart. And then in turn, Travis Rogers joined me as co-host for episode 178. So you got to hear him two weeks in a row. And now to follow that up, Due to Ed's absence, I am joined here now for episode 179 by friend of the show, radio icon, acting legend. Of course, I'm talking about Jason Stewart. Jason, how are you? Beckner, how are you? Hello, everybody, especially the um, guy who loves Asian women. What's his name? Not so Dan or not Dan? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yes. Listener not Danton Holden is apparently a very big fan of Asian women. And he, um, you one time you were on this show and you responded that your favorite genre of porn was Pacific Rim, which is a genre of porn that you've made up. That doesn't really exist. Yeah, that's that's a story. It's not it was not that it's my favorite genre. It's. If I had to make up like one of those aisles at the, you know, the video cassette store that you go to and then you walk behind the curtain. Oh, oh the beaded uh, they, curtain. Yeah, they, they have genres of different porn. That's right. And I was making up that they should have a section called Pacific Rim. I used to go, I used to, go to a place where I would, I would go back in that section. And some places had the beaded curtain. And the beaded curtain was really... Like, because you're you'd you'd go over by the action or the new releases or whatever, and you'd like pretend that you're just browsing. You're like, oh, what's Die Hard Three just came out? I might get this, and you'd be holding on to like a couple regular movies, and then ideally you'd want to just slip into that back room unnoticed, because there could be a mom with her kid over in the Disney section looking for Little Mermaid. And you'd want to go in there unnoticed, but the beaded curtain makes it almost impossible to enter that area of the store without making a ton of noise. Am I right, Jason? Yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing. They, you would think the video stores would have learned to not further uh, degrade or right. 
work on the um, insecurities That's of right. their porn addicts by having a loud door to, to come in and out of. The yes. fun, the, I mean, the, the thing about the, the tricky part about that whole thing was um, you could probably sneak in and probably play it on the sly. You never knew what you were going to encounter when you came out. That's I mean, you could, you could have come out with, you know, three video cassettes that you had to balance on your chest and there's a long line of kids uh getting their videos it, it would be a little bit dicey you it, it would be and so this to to further reflect upon my experience that this same video store at the beaded curtain that i may or may not have gone to before they had a little window in the back. So you wouldn't actually have to carry out the boxes and carry them up to the counter. You could just, you'd get your, the ones you wanted to see a couple of movies, you know, you would need, you couldn't just get one because it might not be a good one. It's the, there has never been a worse case of bait and switch than the adult film DVD slash VHS cases where you would look and you'd be like, oh, this looks like my kind of thing. And then you would get it home and it would not be your kind of thing. So you have to get a few just hopefully to get one that you like. And you, then you'd set them in the window. The problem is there might be a couple other guys back there. And it, so it was like you'd come up to the window and they'd come up and it'd be somebody else's stack. And you'd be like, oh, no, actually, I was in, I had wet asses 14. Like that's, you'd have to like be the, tell them that your stack was, they, you know, a different stack than the one they grabbed. It was, it was a whole process. I think, I think Taylor Hayes was in wet asses 14. I actually, I recall her. You can I, Google Taylor Hayes. And by the yes. way, uh, just to button up the she, Taylor Hayes, very petite, very petite, very attractive for pornography. As I recall. Um, and to, to button up this porn thread for not Dan, and I know I'm, yeah. I'm asking for 50 at tweets with this, but yeah. I had a uh, I had a recent encounter with Mika Tan. Um, See, I don't uh, know that. I don't know. That's a, I assume just by the name, that's a porno star. You could do some research later. I'll just say that it fits into not Dan's uh, okay. proclivities. Okay. Yes, Mika. Tan. How? Did, where did you encounter this person? Uh, she's a, a good friend of a buddy of mine. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Go on. <laughs> that's it. Oh, that's that was, it. Uh, yeah. No naked encounter. Well, you're not going to, you're, I mean, you just said, oh, I had an encounter with her. Well, like you're not going to. Re- just a nice to meet you. Hello. Not, yeah. Oh. Nothing you, further than that. You ran into a buddy and the buddy happened to be out with Mika Tan. Right. Is that what you're saying? There it is. Let's have a look at her. Well, she's very Asian. So at this point, we've given uh, listeners two things to Google: Taylor Hayes and Mika Tan. That should that should supply a pretty good yeah, night. Good start, entertainment. Yeah, good good beginning to the show. Um, we should. Oh, speaking of movies, Jason, I know you you see every movie. And yes. So have you seen The Big Sick yet? That Kumail Nanjiani, Judd Apatow produced. I have not. Good. Very good. Very highly recommend. I saw it this weekend. One of the, I couldn't remember the last time I laughed out loud in a movie theater. It had been quite a while for me. And, uh, it was, it's a, it's sort of, it's a romantic comedy, I guess. But, um, you know, it's all, all sorts of different things at play throughout. Very good movie. Highly recommend. It's the, uh, it's, it's the Indian dude. 
He's from Pakistan, uh, so Pakistan. Valley, right? Yes, it's him. Yeah. Pakistan? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's the Pakistani guy from, uh, from Silicon Valley. Correct. Yes. And it is his, it's the story of, you know, because he comes from a traditional family and they wanted to arrange him a marriage. And by the way, like every chick they're trying to set him up with in the arranged marriages in this movie, you'd have to think about, like, you'd have to be like, eh. I mean, she's pretty hot. Like she's just, maybe, maybe she's not that bad. She's super attractive. I might not meet a regular chick that this, that's this attractive for the rest of my life. Maybe I just married the prearranged chick. What could go wrong? By the way, um, yep. try to clean that up and post me Wait. misidentifying him as an Indian. That could get me in trouble. Uh, well, I mean, they're they're border countries. I, I think that's a pretty common. Still, I mean, mis- the, misconception. Very, very PC society. I don't. No, no, I think it's fine. I think Pakistani and Indian. That's a common error. I don't think. I don't think anybody would look at you and think in anything unfortunate about. What you said, uh, you want? Let's. So Ed is in England, Jason. Well, I mean, again, I know this is the the beginning of all non sequiturs and tangents, but um, speaking of England, the movie yes. that I did see while you were watching a um, a light comedy, romantic comedy with your uh, wife, I presume Dunkirk. I was, I was watching Dunkirk in the like most kick ass Dolby sound system theater here in Burbank. And um, I very much recommend anybody listening right now that has a set of balls, um, go watch that and spend a couple extra bucks for the Dolby sound. It was created to just like blow your oh, Hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't, don't all movie theaters have Dolby sound? No, no, no. There's like, um, you have your standard sound, which is oh pretty my good. God. Yes. But then it, like AMC or Edwards, both of them have these like super DX or whatever the hell it is, sound that'll really just like that blows your eardrums in. Shut and, up! And that's what you need to watch it on because it's not a, um, it's not one of these like three D movies that, that visually speaking, the uh, the special effects are used so brilliantly. It's hard to even know that they're special effects if you didn't know any better. That's what I like about it. There's no CGI. Oh, there isn't good. a lot of that crap. I'm it's over just, CGI. It just seems like it's the most realistic portrayal. It's like uh, Saving Private Ryan was maybe um, the the most realistic thing up to this point on the movie screen. But Dunkirk, man, some of the some of the things that happen in this movie, you're like, holy shit! There's, so I'm I'm gonna see it, but I'm I gotta wait till my kids here because I want to take my kid to see it. That's uh, fine. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. You but are you like the guy that like. You you make sure you go to the theater with the best sound. Obviously, you've we've learned that already. But then, additionally, do you try to try and get there a little bit early and try to triangulate your position in the theater to make sure that you're in exactly the right spot to get the best sound? Do you do that? <laughs> um, no, I don't. I mean, you know, people do that. You don't. You don't laugh at me like you've never heard of that. that no, people I, do that, right? No, I don't think people do that. Really? No, I'm pretty sure they do. Right. Um, okay, let's let's check in. Let's see what Ed Daly's got to say. He's in England. Let's see how things are going over there. Ed Daly. Hey, Brian. I have a uh, quick question about how we're supposed to proceed over here. Everyone in crutches wears 
the ones that are reserved for people with CP in America. And hold on, okay, hold on, hold on. That's that might be unclear to some people. What Ed Daly's saying, Ed is in England right now, and what he's saying, it's probably has something to do with their national health care, is that everyone on crutches, how often do you see someone on crutches, by the way? Maybe once a week? Jason, any thoughts? I, I confirm you don't see a, p- a person on crutches very often, right? You don't, right? I thought, like, I, thought, I, thought, I thought it was rhetorical there. Well, it is, it is and it isn't, but feel free to pipe up. The... Uh, so it's like, what's going on in England that there's that Ed's constantly encountering people on crutches. But what he's saying is they have those kind of crutches that like, um, I don't know if it was Beat Street or Breakin. One of those, it might not even have been in one of those, but in the eighties, there was definitely, a, you would encounter breakdancing where one of the people breakdancing would have cerebral palsy. Right. Some kind of some kind of ailment where they could only break dance on their crutches, and they were really badass at it, and more power to them. But they, I'm just trying to get you guys to picture the kind of crutches he's talking about. They're the like the the aluminum ones, and they have the little the little cuff on both arms, yeah, so they don't fall off, so you don't drop them, so they don't fall off your arms. Everybody's aware of that, right, Jason? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Let's see, let's hear Ed elaborate on this. It might not seem like a big deal, but when you're going for the door or you're waiting in line, you let somebody go, um, in the back of your head, you see somebody with those forearm gripping crutches and you let them go. And then over here, everyone wears them. So it could be some asshole who plays intramural sports on the weekend and tweaked his ankle. Um, I'm curious how I'm supposed to proceed with just random people with crutches over here. I mean, I guess that would be sort of alarming. To I just, just that everyone's I, got that because you think they're more injured than they actually are, right? But back to your first point, I I honestly don't remember the last time I helped a guy with crutches into a door. Like I don't, Me, yeah, I don't remember. Any crutch encounters, in fact, probably in the last 10 years. You know what? I got to agree with you. You know what I see a lot of these days? And by a lot, I mean, I've seen it a few times, is the people with like the, like the roller knee pad thing. Like you, it's like a, it's like a, a scooter that's just has handles on it, but rather than like a razor scooter, but rather than scoot around on your feet, you put one knee on it and you scoot yourself around with your bad foot on the one knee. Are you familiar with that, Jason? Do you see that ever? Every once in a while, but no, I'm not horribly familiar. No. Well, I feel like I see that more than crutches these days. I don't know. So that's just his take from England. A lot of people on crutches and their weird crutches, yeah, Ed notices stuff. He's out there. Hey, I was, I sort of solicited some, I wasn't sure if we we're going to have sound from Ed. So I solicited some um, questions for you, but like none of them are that good. Yeah. Like, it's a lot of like, how was Jim? What was it like to work for Jim? Yeah. Someone, someone says Pacific Rim favorites. Well, that's not even one, not a question. It's not a question. Yeah. B, not an actual porno, uh, porno genre. Right. Here's one. 
Corinne Olympios from our friend Joe and Bagaha. What are your thoughts on Corinne Olympios, Jason? Um, Corinne Olympios. I, I, honestly, that name doesn't. Uh, oh my doesn't god! Ring from the Bachelor. Anyway. From the Bachelor. Corinne from the Bachelor. Oh, see, that's you got to say Corinne from the Bachelor. I, I don't know last names of my Bachelor and Bachelorette right, contestants. Right. So well, certain, certain, most of them you don't, but some transcend. Yeah. And Corinne Olympios. I mean, she's she's transcended her yeah position. And, I re- I just remember thinking the entire time during that season of The Bachelor that she was just a hot piece of ass. Totally agree with you, one hundred percent. And um, I I really uh, I'm I was kind of taken aback when she was in the mix um, to ruin Bachelor in Paradise, which is a great show, the best show, the best of the franchise. Very relieved to to know that they're going to be coming out with one. But she, if the question is what I think of her looks, she's just hot. Smoking really, hot. Yeah. Really a huge fan of her myself. Also got to agree with Jason Stewart here. I think she's super attractive and also like she's obviously totally open to like anything you're into. She's not, doesn't seem like the kind of broad that has a lot of hangups. She's really likes to perform, you know, she'd probably get into some threesomes. If that was your thing, she'd do it. Any kind of thing you're into, maybe some, you know, sex in public. Who knows? Who knows? She's a, a completely uninhibited. Totally. She's the first, um, bat, bachelor cast member in the history of the show to on camera make herself available to have sex with the bachelor and he turned her down. It's great. It's great. And we need more of that. We need more of that. I haven't been watching this new bachelorette. I just don't, I don't care about the bachelorette in general. And it's, you know, unless there's a Chad on there really stirring shit up. She's not interested. You, You want to give us a quick recap of what's going on this season or just your thoughts on it? Because we got hometowns this week, so we're, I think we're down to our last three. So, um, you know, this is my my kind of over over um, bottom line take of this season is th- all the stuff that you were talking about with the uh, the drama, um, the Chad and whatnot. There, we've reached that point of saturation with these shows where an entire generation of people have grown up watching it and wanting to be on it. And they have these fabricated, they know what plays. So you just never know what drama is real and what drama is just something that they know will get, get the attention of the producers. Totally and this, aware. this too, too self-aware. Yeah. This well. season just has, uh, too many, um, dr- too many dramatic moments where the, the rad flags go up a little bit. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I thought that there would be a lot of drama with her picking white dudes over black dudes and whatnot, and there just wasn't enough of that. Are all the, so we're down to the fine. We're down to the final three. Are they all white? Um, let's see. The final three. Two of the three are white. Interesting. You don't know who the final three are? No, I haven't watched. I haven't watched one minute of this season. <laughs> and but and you're going to watch Paradise? You, of course, I'm going to watch Paradise. It's the best of the genre. Without question. Without and, question. But now I'm concerned that Corinne, who is hot, has ruined it for us because she got a little too sexual and she regretted it. And now there's like a two drink minimum or maximum per hour or something. There's a, And no one's going to be 
doing anything that we want to see him do on that show because of what's happened to Corinne. Everybody's going to be gun shy, don't you think? And do you, are they going to, have you confirmed whether or not they're going to just cut her out completely? Her and the, uh, her and that dickhead that caused the whole thing. I haven't checked in with reality, Steve, because I don't want anything spoiled for me. That's the problem. I would like to know those certain details, but I don't, I don't, uh, I don't want the season ruined for me. Yeah. Um, I don't even know who's going to be there. Okay. All right. So there you go. That was our bachelorette segment. Yeah. Okay. Listen, we got, we got some sports topics to get into. Then I'm going to ask you a couple more questions. We're we're talking sports. Yeah. Ed Daly's reached out from across the pond and he's got a couple things he wants to talk to us about. Let's hear what they are. You ready? Yep. In sports for former Florida Gator and Jacksonville Jaguar defensive end, Dante Fowler had some issues. Apparently he was driving in some sort of complex when a man made a comment about Fowler's driving. Fowler got out of his car, exchanged words with the man, hit him, knocked off his glasses, and stepped on them. Then he took the man's grocery bag, which was recently full of recently purchased liquor, and threw it in the lake. Fowler was arrested, but the question remains, who are we supposed to side with? One of those random people who critiques driving from the sidewalk, or a former Florida Gator who clearly owns a pair of jorts. Uh, okay. Is this... Do you, do you, does this sound like a real occurrence, Ed? Or is this... Or Ed, Jason? Or is is this Dante Fowler like uh, um, a bully from an 80s movie? Like, he, he pulled off his glasses and stomped on him? No one does that. That's not real, right? <laughs> Because uh, if you read at the end of the story, uh, the victim in this entire thing was was uninjured. I was hoping to read the opposite. I, I don't know about you. Um, yeah, the whole the whole 80s ordeal is one thing, and and it it's, it sounds utterly ridiculous. But um, my blood gets up a little bit when I see people have a confrontation in a parking situation. Same here. I really like to watch it, and I want to yeah. see the person that violated did the violation. I want to see him kind of, uh, get what's coming to him. Street justice. Oh yeah. And, and so as I was reading the story, my blood was getting up as I, as I would, if I were in a Ralph's parking lot, uh, looking to see what's going to happen. Right. Uh, yeah, it seems over the top, right? It seems a little ridiculous. And he, there was just a body of water there that he was able to throw the guy's liquor into, which is kind of cruel and unusual. It strikes me as one of those apartment complexes from the 70s and 80s. Um, I don't know if these are are, um, a national phenomenon, but definitely where I grew up in Southern California, there was a real um, attempt to put like fake nature scenarios in the middle of giant disgusting apartment complexes so you'd like go over to your buddy's house and you'd have to like walk across a bridge on a fake creek or there or his or their the apartments would look out over like a a gross um algae filled man-made pond and they'd be like oh here's nature in the um the village walk apartments did you do you recall that jason from your childhood of course just completely uh Fake. I, 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 in fact, my my first apartment that I lived in in uh, in Fullerton was called the Streams, 
And see, yes, there was nothing natural about the streams. They were <laughs> man-made oh. streams running oh. throughout artificial setting. I, I, I totally, and these these things were very, very just prolific. All, all over Southern California, at least, and I'm sure other places. And I, it reminds me, your streams reference reminds me of I was working in an office job just after out of college, and I'm sitting in my cubicle one day, and in this office park I worked in, this had like one of these setups too, where there was outside of my office there was like this fake little waterfall that ran into this disgusting like fake concrete stream or a pond and I'm sitting there just like staring out the window, like trying not to make the calls I'm supposed to make or whatever. And I look out and all of a sudden out of nowhere, a bird flies down and plucks a fish out of this fake concrete pond. And I'm like, what? how did a fish get in there? There's no, this is not like naturally fed. There's not actual live <laughs> things in there. All, all of a sudden there's this one fish and a, a bird sees it. Anyway, birds of prey. Uh, yeah, I don't. Although I will say this about this Dante Fowler. Well, I'll say a couple things. One, this, I never heard of this guy. I haven't heard of most football players, so that's not a surprise. But I do see this from Ed's from Ed's what Ed's communicated to us is that this guy is a former Florida Gator. So this the other guy's lucky that he only got his glasses broken and his booze thrown in the lake because we all know that Florida Gators are. Pretty, when they get into road rage incidents, they're more likely than not to shoot someone in the face. And like, and and given the reputation of NFL players recently with Ezekiel Elliott, I'm guessing the guy did not get uh, punched in the face or gunned down because he was a male. Right. But did Ezekiel Elliott punch a woman? <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, reportedly. Oh, he did. Oh, I didn't know that. See, I'm so I'm so out of the loop. This is a sports show record, by the way. Also, something else I'm struck by about this guy. This guy Dante Fowler played at. Um, he went to he went to Florida, which is in Gainesville, and then he's drafted by Jacksonville. Like, how fucking bummed would you be? You're like, ah, oh, made it through. Did my time four years in Gainesville, Florida. I'm finally out. And they're like, and with the 37th pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Dante Fowler. And you're like, oh, man, I thought I was out of there. And you then you just got to go. It's like you just got to move like a couple hours down the road to, to some other slightly shittier <laughs> Florida location. Although I think Jacksonville, I think is like right by Georgia, but at least it's on like the ocean part of the state. I think. Yeah. It's a Northern part. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's, I guess Jacksonville is kind of moving up from, from Gainesville, but not, I mean, you're still in like shit Northern Florida. I think your, I mean, your perspective on this is, is so uh, different. I, I'm guessing him, and his family and buddies are uh-huh. just fired up that they're just down the street. Really? I mean, there's Absolutely. so many, Like, even, like, Atlanta would be better. Chicago, New York, Seattle. I'm just naming all the... All the yeah, you're way off on of. this. 
uh, Arizona, Phoenix, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Kansas City, Houston. You're just na- listing NFL cities at this point. Dallas, um, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia. Is that all of them? <laughs> Tennessee. <laughs> Uh, okay, let's see, what, let's see what else Ed Daly has to say. Ed! In April, a Tennessee Uber driver called 911 to report that a football player who happened to be Ravens offensive tackle and star of the blind side, Michael Orr, was misbehaving under car. He's drunk. He's trying to attack me. He bit me. My back. Anyway... They arrested him, and we all know biting random strangers' backs is wrong, but considering the amount of sass and folksy quotes that the guy was raised on from that Sandra Bullock character, isn't it a miracle that Michael Orr hasn't murdered someone? Uh, um, are you, I, like a lot of people, I think, Jason, I keep an eye on Michael Orr's career just because I read that book. Sure. You know, it was a, it was a very popular bestseller and it was like more, it was this kid's story, but it was more of a, um, like a journalistic style read where they're trying to understand the evolution of the left tackle in football. So I've always kept an eye on this Michael Orr guy and I always kind of rooted for him. Cause I guess, a, I guess Michael Lewis, I guess Michael Lewis took some creative, um, I guess he was a little loose with with some of the the facts and details because I remember yeah, Michael, according I'm, to Michael Orr, yeah, yeah, I remember Michael did his own book like correcting some of the stuff and yeah. he didn't even like the narrative and everything else. But when you said you read the book, did you read it or listen to it? Well, that's what I was going to ask you because when I read a book, what I do is I get a um, a bound copy of all the words on pages and as, and what I do is I open the book and then each page I read all the words on the page and then, then then I turn the page and then I read all the words on the next page and I just repeat times as many pages are in the book. And then when I'm done, I finish the book and maybe I give it to one of my friends or or I say, Hey, have you read that new book? And then I have a conversation with somebody about it and they go, Oh yeah, I read it too. And so is that, is that a similar process that you have when you read a book, see, Jason? See, as Beckner and I go back and forth on this, and he always gives me crap about it. I'm not sure why, uh, but I am an avid audible book listener. I listen yes. to books. There's a, a book on my phone right now that I would yeah. listen to if I had to kill 30 minutes. Yeah. And I also, as a, uh, not a substitute, but uh, and a, a what do you call it? An addendment or whatever. Yes, amendment. An addendment. I'm pretty addendment. sure it's a addendment. Yeah. yeah. Addendum. Mm-hmm. I have the actual book and uh, uh, the fire Kindle is nice enough to provide you with the technology to listen to the book yeah. when you're not yeah. reading it uh-huh. and then read it. So, oh, so it, um, it like catches you up to the spot. But the thing is, is yeah. if you're I very, if, I very much listen to most of my books, but I'm also yes, reading, but Brian, Brian uh, will never do. let me live that down. Of course you do. Well, because it's like, a podcast. I today I started downloading the Thirty for Thirty podcast, and I listened to the first one today. It was uh, um, the that story about the poker player Phil Ivy and his um, alleged cheating of casinos out of money. I don't 
you're not yeah. familiar with the story, you should go listen to the podcast. It's pretty good. Uh, but at no point was I like, did I pause it and go, man, wish I had a transcript of this so I could just read a little bit of it. Like I've listened to part of it and that was pretty good. But if it was only transcribed, I would also just stop and then read it for a while. And then, and then that's catch, just catch up and start listening from the place I stopped reading. That, that's just a false example. That's not a, I mean, transcripts aren't written by authors who write for a living. Yes. So if true. you're, yeah. so if you got to take a dump, and you know, hey, wait, wait, I didn't know you're going to be working blue. Okay, go on. If you're going to, if you got to take a dump, and you uh, have forty, you know that you're going to be on the pot for forty-five minutes. Jesus Christ, what's wrong with you? Have you seen a doctor? No, but when you go once a week, then forty-five once minutes a week? is about standard. Yeah. Oh my so god! If, if you know you're going to be in there, you don't want to like take your disgusting. earbuds in and listen to your book. So you right. you just fire up the Kindle and you you find the place where you've last left off, and you yeah. get a Good 45 minutes, a few so, chapters then. So you listen to books except for when you're taking a shit. Or when I, I just have some time to kill in the car or something. Oh, you read while you're driving? No. <laughs> oh, you I, listen. That's say, when you listen. Say I get to a place a half hour early and I want to kill some time. Yeah. No. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Fair enough. Uh, uh, so anyway, yeah, the blind side. Also, the blind side. Before we move on, that Sandra Bullock, she won the Academy Award for that movie, which is pretty ridiculous. But I will say this. If there was an Academy Award for ass, her move, hers should have won it for that movie because her ass looked so fucking perfect in that movie. They put her in a lot of like pencil skirts and a lot of like, just like oh. stuff. It wasn't like leggings. It wasn't, you know, cause she's supposed to be like a mom, like a no bullshit type of mom. So they didn't like dress her real sexy, but you also did not have to go far to find her very rock hard, very beautiful ass. And if it were up to me, Sandra Bullock would have gotten an award for her ass in that movie. Do you agree, Jason? Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not a Sandra Bullock guy at all. I oh, Really? I don't find anything uh, attractive about her, but what? Her, but her in that movie, she she put the work in. Oh Absolutely. my god, this is worse than you listening to books on tape. No, Sandra Bullock is banging, super attractive, huge fan. Negative. Oh, interesting. Uh, well, let's hey, we don't have to agree on everything. Okay, let's hear let's hear what Jason or Ed Daly, what whatever you guys' names are. Ed, let's see what else Ed Daly has to say. We have another story from the blind side, this time from his shady high school coach who hitches wagon to Michael Orr. That would be former Ole Miss head coach Hugh Freeze. Anyway, 44 days before the start of the season, Ole Miss fired Hugh Freeze for repeatedly calling an escort service uh, on his school-issued cell phone. At first, he claimed he had the wrong number, but when it happened twice a week for uh, several years uh they knew it was not a wrong number anyway what's the worst part that a guy who's the head coach in the sec still needs to pay for sex or the fact that eight days ago he tweeted dear god i worship you today for forgiveness forgiveness of my sins a love like no other jason stewart i noticed that you texted me in the middle of that playing that clip what's 
Oh, you're running short on time is what you're saying. Yes. But oh, this, you got a hard out. You got to clean this up and, and post though. You know, no, I'm leaving that in scenes. I'm leave, I'm, I leave all that shit in. Uh, I I, my, my audience needs to know me. Uh, what do you think about this? Hugh freeze. I never fucking heard of the guy before. I don't understand this though. The guy gets popped for, for calling escort services from his school issued phone. How could he just be, how could he not just be like, I don't know. I w- I don't wrong number. Not well, sure. That's in fact, that's exactly what he said. So he was, um, he was questioned about this before he resigned about a week before he resigned. He was asked about the phone numbers to the, um, escort services in Detroit and his his answer was exactly we dial a lot of wrong numbers. Exactly, he's because yeah. he does a lot of recruiting. Yeah, a lot of wrong numbers, and and the uh, there's there are many layers to the story. One of them being uh, this was all a part of um, his testimony that that he got um, he had to give he was I guess compelled to testify because Houston Nutt is suing is suing the university for how they handled his firing. So Hugh Freeze, who was supposedly very much in on ratting out Houston Nutt and his ordeal, had to give testimony under oath. But it was, uh, I guess, one of these recorded testimonies that his lawyers were able to get um, get into it that he could redact any of his testimony. So as part of the testimony and the evidence, he could have crossed out these phone numbers because they went and got his phone records. They, they could they, they could have crossed he could have crossed these numbers off and he left them in. But the the whole thing was um, him calling the escort service wasn't the reason he, he had to resign. Oh, was, so you know, oh, you got the, inside details. You're because you work the, in sports, you know about this stuff. Okay, go on. Yeah, it, this is available in many publications since uh, last week. Um, I don't. I don't. Re- I only read books. Maybe you, if. Maybe if there was maybe if there was a podcast version of these stories, yeah. I could listen <laughs> to that, and I would be informed too. Okay, go on. Hugh Freeze was calling reporters and telling them about the wrongdoings of Houston Nut. He was oh, so right. he was what submerging he was submerging Nut's uh, job so that he would eventually take over. And was he on his staff? Yes. Oh my God! What a bastard! What a backstabber! Okay, go on. So, um, yeah. So that was it. I mean, that, when I say that, there are many, many layers to this story. Um, him just like dialing escort services is just one of them. Him actually saying that he dialed a lot of wrong numbers is another one. But there's a bunch of stuff on top of this. It's it's a ridiculous ordeal that could only happen in the SEC. You. And he was probably making like $3 million. A complete idiot. If I, I mean, who's to say I don't already? Maybe I do. But I'm just saying, if I had a job, and maybe I might, that paid $3 million a year. For one year, you got $3 million. And in Mississippi, that makes you the richest guy in Mississippi for sure. Like you're really living like a mansion is like 200 grand there. Probably if I had a job that paid $3 million, I would be so on my best behavior. I wouldn't be texting any escorts also, or I'd get a burner. 
Do they not have burners there? Maybe I would be texting escorts. Maybe I would be living like pretty fast and loose with the I game. Th- I but think- I'd get a second phone. How much I is think- a phone a month? A hundred bucks. Yeah. It's re- it's really funny to hear you re- react to this story because I obviously heard the reaction when it when it became news, so it, it was kind of uh, tiresome. But to hear you like uh, hear it for the first time and react to it, and you're throwing stuff out like, "Has the guy ever heard of a burner?" That's like the uh, you know that comment was made on social media at least a million times right after the news broke. Yeah, that's well, a guy. So I'm glad you're you're up to speed on all this stuff. I- I once, I will say this. I once had a guy work for me and we got him. Oh, no, this is back. This was, we were going from pager. I can't remember if we were going from pager to phone or from one phone to another, but it didn't matter. He had to turn one in and I was going to give him a new one. So he turned the one in and I just like looked at the last number and I don't know what came over me. I do this all the time when, when, when someone calls me. I never, and I don't recognize the number. I immediately hang up on, you know, I don't answer the phone. And then I Google the number to see (laughs) if I can get some details on who it might be calling me. Yeah, they might leave a message, but I want to, you know, I want some information. And I just, so I Googled the number on this guy's phone that he turned into me. And it was a fucking hooker. It was like, it went, it went directly the... All the results were Craigslist ads in different, in different cities. <laughs> I, didn't con- right. I didn't confront the guy. I'm not a dick about it. Hey, you do what you got to do. Like, I don't, I don't judge. You, uh, you do your own thing. Okay, since you got a hard out, Jason, like how much, how much more time you got? You got like another 15 minutes in you? I, I, oh, I feel, oh. I'm like interviewing fucking LeBron James here. Like, I'm, t- I'm t- taking all the time I can get, like... I got such a star here. You have you have an audition. You have a premiere or something. What's going on? Just got some serious stuff to to tend to. How about um? How about six and a half minutes? Are you fucking kidding me? Oh my god! Because I'm just I'm just gonna skip ahead. We have a couple more stories to get to. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna skip ahead, and I'm gonna bring on our very own fancy sauce, to, so we can get to the real news of the week. Are you can you hang for that, Jason? Oh, yeah, I'll stick around for her. Okay. Joining us now. Everybody loves it when she comes on. I actually got a... I actually got it an iTunes review she might like. Because... Like all women, she enjoys compliments. Well, I shouldn't say that. That's kind of sexist of me. Everybody enjoys compliments. But the pe- but the thing is, is that when people leave an iTunes review, they never compliment me. I'm the last one to get complimented, which is fine. I understand. I know my role here. But somebody did leave us. Of course, I'm talking about our very own fancy sauce. She joins us now. Uh... Fancy, somebody say hi to Jason Stewart first of all. Hey, Jay Stu. Hey, Fancy, how you doing? I'm good. Babe, how are you? Fancy. Yes. This Jay Stu is trying to big time us. He's like, uh, he texted me in the middle of the show, and he's like, "Hey, we got to wrap this up." Jay Stu. I'm like, you what got the? Yeah, he's like, see, so our, we already started way early because of him. I've been so frazzled running around, and then now he's telling us he's got to go. Uh, okay. Quickly, let me yeah. let me read an iTunes review. The, mm-hmm. the subject of the review is 
ball in with like seven L's five star review from CC Whipnotic. And it says the ever so funny Brian and Ed are joined by the hot chick with an even hotter accent to talk about all the haps around the world. Definitely not basic. Hashtag team current episode. That's the best review in a while. Who's that from? CC Whipnotic. What I'm going to know that person. Was this review helpful? Yes, just clicked it. Great job. Thanks for that review. Um, okay, there's. Love you. I saw that some university did a sex survey. And Kate McManus, I assume you're sexually active. Um, but this. Why would you assume that? Well, I mean, maybe you're not. Maybe you're celibate. I don't know. I don't know everything about you. Um, Jason Stewart, we know, is sexually active because he tears it up on Tinder, the website, which is, I think, why he has hey, to... Stu, are you on Bumble as well? Oh, yeah. Are you on Bumble, Jason? I was just going to try to throw out my alliteration, and I, I, I was, and I came up with one as you were asking that question. It's funny. I'm also balling on Bumble. Balling on Bumble. Good for you, Jason. Uh, so this is all like about the sex habits of men and women all different ages. So, for instance, how many men aged 30 to 39 would you say, what percentage of men aged 30 to 39 have had vaginal intercourse within the last month? What percentage? Vaginal uh, intercourse. Are we, are we talking about worldwide or in this country? This is, uh, I think this is just a, a survey of people in this country. So... Vag- the month. Vagin- within the last month, how many men in their 30s had vaginal intercourse within with a woman in the last month? 30%. 30%. Really, less than a third of men, 30 to 39, have had sex in the last month, is what you're saying? Yeah, I have no idea. Okay. I'm just guessing. Jason Stewart, you would be bringing that curve way up. We know how you like to get down. What would you say... Men, well, you're in your 40s. That doesn't matter. We'll just do 30s right now because the numbers are about the same. 30 to 39, how much sex are these guys having within the last month? I, I don't think Fancy's given the, my gender enough credit. I think a solid 40 to 42% of my guys are getting it. Both of you are very low. According to respondents, 63.2% of men ages 30 to 39 have gotten laid in the last month. Now, same question, but for women, what percentage of women aged 30 to 39 have had sex in the last month of time? 100%. 100%. Yeah, because chicks like to get it. They like to play it on the down low like they don't, but they don't do know. like this, it. I, this is a silly game. I'm just guessing. Yeah, there's no right answers. Just throwing it out there. There's no right answers. You say we're all getting laid. All of us. Okay, a hundred percent. Because we can. A hundred percent. Okay, Jason Stewart, your answer. Same question for women. How many? How many women ages? What percentage of women ages thirty to thirty nine have had vaginal intercourse in the last month? See, what we're not uh, giving up here is that guys. That number is high because guys like to brag about getting laid. Yeah. Women, on the other hand, there's still this kind of, I know that women's lib and uh, there's more independence than ever before, but I think there still is that stigma. And I don't know how many women are just going to outwardly admit to something no yeah, matter how. You're, you're right, Jay Stu. There's a lot of slut shaming that goes on. 
That's true. So um, what do you- and, and it's fucked. Yeah. Quite uh, oh, okay. We're not doing a feminist talk show here. Okay. <laughs> I'm thinking closer to 70%. Jason Stewart, you are actually right. 77.3%. So an actually a higher number of women report having vaginal incourse within the last month. Okay. Yeah, go feminism. Let's continue with this game. I like this game. <laughs> we'll, we'll stay with the ages 30 to 39. Men, ages 30 to 39, what percentage report that they gave a partner oral sex within the last year? In one year of time, how many men, ages 30 to 39, say they gave their partner oral sex at least one time within a year? Jason, I'll let you go first on this one. Um, I'm going to try to find a way to offend Kate with this and her feminism, but I, I, I can't do it. Um, I'm just going to say roughly 28%. 28%. Okay, interesting. Kate McManus, how many men ages eight, 30 to 39 have performed oral sex within the last year? Not on their partner, just on anybody. On any woman. I'll say 50 It's actually 71.3% of men have gone down there and done some work like Grey Worm did on that hottie on Game of Thrones. I'm shocked, so. Yes, that is. Same question, but we'll do it for women. How many women ages 30 to 39 within the last year report having performed oral sex on a man? Kate, I'll give it to you first. What would you say? 84%. 84% 84%. 84% getting down there and doing work. I like that number. Jason Stewart, you you go on a lot of these Tinder dates. You probably know how this stuff works. What would you say? I mean, I was so far off of the last one. I, I can't believe how far off I was. So I think I have to kind of side with uh, Kate here. It's it's more than women. So I'm gonna, I'll have to say 88%. 88% of women given BJ's in the last year. It's actually a little bit lower, 73.8%, which is shockingly pretty fair. Men, 71%. Women, 73%. You you picture women being more givers of oral sex, at least I do. So it's, but it's shockingly close. Like within the margin of error, everyone's doing about the same amount of Good job, man. Okay. Um, Kate, you'll like this one. Insertive anal sex. This is, of course, for men. That's only, like cyberbullying. They only pulled men on this one. So rude. How many men ages 30 to 39 have had anal sex in the last year? In one year of time, how many men have had anal sex perf- where they they inserted uh, with other men or with women with women well? with women okay um, I would think it would be pretty low yeah like around thirty five percent thirty five percent in the past year okay Jason Stewart wow I mean when you said low I thought you were talking like low low um, thirty five sounds like about right but I I will say this you know the millennials. In the 30 to 39 range, I think that's not the millennials, but right. I've, heard, I've heard the phrase that anal is the new vaginal. So um, 
given that phrase, but maybe the time period being a little older than that, I would say, yeah, maybe 42, 43%. It's actually only 26% for men ages 30 to 39 and even lower for 20 to 29. They've only done it 20% in the last year. So it's still a kind of taboo thing. Right. And speaking of, speaking of taboo, Jason Stewart, you'll, you'll be able to speak to this one. How many men have received anal sex from a partner, from like a pegging? from a female partner? Yeah, he means getting pegged. Within the past year, men ages 30 to 39, how many of them admit yeah. to having received anal sex from a female partner? Within the past year, insertive anal sex. Kate McManus, what are your thoughts? Um, I'm going to say that this is higher yeah. than the last question. Interesting, yeah. Interesting. So really? that was like 27, uh-huh. 26. I'm going to say this is like 36. You're saying men get anal sex from women more than women get anal sex from men. Yeah. That is your hypothesis. Okay, interesting. Jason Stewart? <laughs> To me, that, I mean, the key word here is admit to. I would say that the actual number is probably up near where Kate's saying, but I would say the people, the men that admit to it is probably like 15 or 16%. Pretty pretty close. It is actually lower than that. Barely 10.5% of men ages 30 to 39. A lot of dudes keeping secrets out there. Admit to receiving <laughs> anal sex. The um, I, I hearken back to the Jay Mar line. The Jay Mar line in his stand-up is, ladies, all of us like a finger up there when you're giving us oral, but remove it right after we have an orgasm. Well, that's that is good advice. Uh, okay, huh, let's see right. here. Ben, oh, okay. Bondage. How many men ages thirty to thirty nine admit to having tied up your partner or been tied up as a part of sex in the last year? Men admitting to bondage play. What are your thoughts? Kate McManus? Oh, me? Um, Either. I feel like Fifty Shades of Grey made this more like like a mainstream yeah. game in yeah. the bedroom. Not, I'm not into it. It makes me feel claustrophobic. I don't even like oh. thinking about it. Oh, is this something you've participated in? No, I'm saying it makes me feel claustrophobic oh. to think about it. Oh, just to think about it. Yeah, okay, like interesting. It. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know, 50%? 50%. 5 interesting. Okay. Jason Stewart, bondage have- play. I have to go way lower. I'm thinking 25. You really need to go much lower. Ages 30 to 39, only 3.8%. Really? Everyone's so boring. In the last year. So vanilla. But 25 to 29, they have bondage play at a rate of 15% more than five times or almost five times as much as... really? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. that movie was there... Demographic. Right, could be. Okay, okay. Um, let's do one more. Role play, masturbation, whipped, spanked. Let's do this one. How many men ages 30 to 39 within the past year have masturbated with someone else? 
either a spouse, a boy or girlfriend, friend, or someone else masturbated, but not alone. Could be buddy or, hey, Craig, come over and watch the game. And then after the game's over, we just jerk it. Just, just sit the, I hope this is sit like on the zero. couch and jerk it. Or, or maybe your lady, maybe you and your lady, you both like to have a little go at yourselves as a, as a sexual uh, enhancement. Who knows? Men aged 30 to 39, Jason Seward, you can take this one first. Within the past year, how many men aged 30 to 39 have masturbated with someone else present? I'm going to go with, uh, it's got to be on the lower end, right? 25%? 25% in the past year. Kate McManus? Yeah, about that. 25%? It's actually nearly 50%, 49.4%. Jason, we're way off. Same question, but for women ages 30 to 39, how many women ages 30 to 39 have masturbated with someone else in the past year? Jason Stewart, what are your thoughts? I mean, this seems to me to be the exact same number. If the other one was closer to 50, it's got to be 50, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you're saying about 50, Kate McManus, you agree. And hold on, I've lost the, it's here, 51.7%. Excellent, excellent analysis, you guys. Uh, okay, that's it. And by the way, Bob, yeah. Beckner, the next, the next, time I, uh, next time I do a podcast in your kitchen with you, maybe we could uh, raise that, that number. Yeah, yes, yeah, we could, that way we could respond Positive. Well, I'll tell you what. As Make sure, I'm not here. As I always do, Jason. As we have podcasted before, I am shirtless, so it would be hard for you to control yourself. I know. It's true. Uh, okay, Jason. I know you got to go. Um, very, very stoked that you could join us today. Love having you on the show. The listeners love having you. Uh, come back when you have more time, please. Good times, all. Have a good one. Hey, bye, Jason. All right, brother. See you. All right, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Uh, okay, Kate McManus. It's just you and I. Oh, we're just gonna do fancy. Pop yeah, let's together. just let's hit some stories and fancy and pop. Yeah, it's been a big week. Yeah, what is going? What is going on in the world of fancy uh, pop? Lots has happened. Chester Bennington of Lincoln Park died by suicide. Horrible news. Yes, bad news. Horrible all the way news. around. On the birthday of his good friend Chris Cornell. Awful. Who also committed suicide just, recently. Just terrible news. Really sad. Uh, Kylie Jenner has been flaunting her new ish right breast implants. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't keep up on Kylie Jenner. I did. I did see something today. They, they're very fake looking. She's very fake looking. Like not, there's just not anything that screams real. They're just too shaped. They're just too, they just don't look natural. They're, they're not like the, like, like the doctors have gotten better at them, obviously. So they're not right. like the hard, like um, Marty. No, they have like a bit, a slight hang to them. Right. But so, not. so in the nineties, everybody would have these Marty Feldman eyes, looking boobs, where one, right, the you know, they're kind of, they're kind of wall-eyed. Off. Yeah, in uh, opposite directions. Right. So the, you don't see that as much anymore, but still, they have not really. I mean, some look better than others. The problem is, is that everyone goes a bit too big. You're, the the women that have breast implants that you can't tell that they have breast implants are the women that didn't get giant breast implants. Right, huge shock. If they don't go too big, you can't really tell. Uh, so interesting. What Michael else? Michael Phelps 
I tell you might know about this. I, he raced a white shark, but also I mean, I, didn't really wa- yeah, race a white yeah, shark. I heard about it. I heard about it, but like, what was that? I don't know. It was like CGI or something or digital. You know, people that get real into Shark Week, right? Like, what's what? Like, I mean, I sharks. I sharks are fucking cool, yeah. right? Like they're like they're scary that. as fuck. A good shark show, yeah. Like documentary. Well, I don't maybe, get like, like all pumped up for it. Well, now it's fucking. I don't like anticipate Shark Week. Wait, calm down. And especially if Michael Phelps is involved, like I'm, I'm all the way out on that. I would, although if there were an Olympian that were going to do a shark related, some shark related content, if that Apollo Antonio Ono were to get eaten by a shark, I might have some interest there. Was that, that the ice skater? Say, yeah. Bigger skater. Uh, okay, what else is going on, Kato? Um, so the Beebs has canceled the final leg of his Purpose World Tour. Shocking. Shocking Unclear news. while he's pulling the plug on his 14 remaining shows, um, starting with Arlington, Texas this weekend. But so one source mm, told us Dallas. that Justin is just quote-unquote over it. This is So I saw this today, and I saw he had like 14 dates left, which is not that, and, and spread out through September. So in, so between, in the next two months. He had he, some downtime. He had to work 14 days out That's of, right. say, the next 65 days. Here's my theory. I feel like he's been melting down for a while now. Like the last year, I actually compiled a timeline of Bieber headlines from the last year or so. Yeah. Okay, oh, so have I'm going to read some of them. Oh, has he? Um, so, you know, he used to date Selena Gomez. They had a very public relationship on and off. Oh, yeah. Big breakups. Oh, yeah. Eating disorders. Yes. Um, like drunken fights. They once made big news when they hit a Chick-fil-A just right down here, oh, down the street from here. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, so he posted a throwback pic of a much younger version of himself kissing Selena. Oh, he's not over it. Not over it. Yeah. Um, he kicked off his Purpose World Tour with a maybe drunk rant about Kanye West, his haters, and making bad decisions. Um, after a performance at the Staples Center, he shared a cryptic message calling L.A. quote unquote fake. Uh oh. Canceled all of his meet and greets for his Purpose World Tour, um, saying he felt exhausted to the point of Mm-mm. depression. Uh, last year in April, he was filmed putting out a lit cigarette on his tour mate rapper Post Malone in a Houston nightclub. Uh, um, which is weird. Yeah. Um, he compared himself to God in an Instagram oh, post no. captioned yeah. and on the seventh day. Yeah. So maybe he's going to be the next to take his own life. I hope not. Um, Let's see. May last year, he took a pause from his Purpose World Tour to celebrate his dad's engagement. Um, they had a party where they had a Bengal tiger Scooter? tied up. No, Scooter's his manager, That's not his, his manager. dad. Yeah, his dad's name is Jeremy. Uh, yeah, his he dad's name's Jeremy. tragic. And he's like my age. Right. Yeah, okay. Um, according to Robert Earl Morgan, the Beebs destroyed this guy's cell phone at a popular nightclub the same night he put out the cigarette. On rapper. Well, Post Malone. The Beebs is a bit of a cunt, let's yeah, be honest. Yeah, at some point in the evening, Justin tried to chug a beer bong, but got booze all over yeah, himself. Yeah, pussy. And this guy, Robert, was filming the moment, yeah. and Beebs like, came over, grabbed his phone, and smashed the SIM card to pieces. Yeah. So there's a lawsuit. Yeah. 100,000 in damages over that. Yep. Um, Beebs came to Bali when I was living there. Yeah. He came to the oh, opening of hold a on. nightclub. <laughs> 
was also a real fucking asshole. Name has been dropped. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, pushed um, a friend of mine. Mm. Grabbed a friend of oh, mine. Oh, camera. camera. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, don't take my picture. Here, I want my picture taken everywhere I go, but I don't. Very yeah. confusing. Um, he also... He was in Argentina after a show. A fan gave him an Argentinian flag, and he just threw it out of the car window. Oh, that's fucked up. Argentina's got a great flag. It's got those two light blue stripes with the um, with the sun in the middle. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Um, he was spotted walking around Boston um, that right before he was set to perform um, on tour with no shoes, cruising around, crossing streets and stuff, yeah. shoeless. Yeah, yeah. Also hanging out in a tree. Oh, he's nuts. So he's gone nuts. He's going to go like the leave Garrett Doesn't route. Doesn't take pictures with fans anymore. That's a thing that he's made a public statement well, about. Yeah, it would get kind of annoying, but I'd be all for I it. I think so too. Yeah. But, um, oh, in Boston, he was spotted walking on top of the bar at a Boston bar, sipping patrons drinks, kicking club goers out of the VIP section. Uh, what else? Like asking people on the street if he can hold their baby. <laughs> oh, that's a little weird. Oh, this is good. Um, one late May 2016 morning, he gave fans on the internet a tour of his closets. So he navigated his around around like dog shit on the floor. What? And like filming, like showing various outfit choices in his closet. Do wait, doesn't he have a dog shit guy? <laughs> I don't know. Also, why why is the dog shitting in the house? Um, oh my god! And then. The internet went crazy when this guy's a mess. He posted a picture of himself in his full length mirror wearing nothing but his like tight Calvin briefs, like grabbing his dog. Yeah. Do you remember that? I mean, he's got a kind of a fat hog. Like I've seen it. Um, also, last summer he was spotted out and about with a baby's pacifier in his mouth. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's going to a rave. Maybe he's get, getting in. Maybe he's, he's pivoting to EDM. Um, that summer, he was also involved in a pretty crazy street fight while he was in Cleveland for a basketball game, yeah. which was caught on video. Yeah. What else? Oh, last year, the GOP reportedly offered him $5 million to perform at the um, Republican National Convention, which he wanted to take, and his manager, Scooter Braun, threatened to quit if he went forward with the deal. Yeah. That, I mean, that's a lot of money. Pissed off the Brits again He's, when he dropped his mic he, and, and he, walked off stage. He can't even vote. In Manchester. He's not American. He's, he's from Canada. Right. Um, punched a fan in Spain. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's got problems. Also, we talked about this on a past episode, but um, earlier this year, it was revealed. Um, we talked about his tour writer. Do you remember? It was yeah. revealed that. He needs like a yoga studio and stuff. Yeah. In India, included an Indian yoga cask- Casket filled with essential oils, dressing room draped entirely with white curtains, a female masseuse specially flown in from Kerala. Well, what if he had a male a masseuse? A to be used before he takes the stage, a Rolls Royce, a hotel suite redesigned to include antique furniture and cashmere bedroom linen. I couldn't be massaged by a man. And I can only be massaged by women. And it doesn't have to be sexual. I've never had a sexual massage, like paid for. So, Well, that's a plus. I don't want as a thing. It would be awkward if you revealed that you had had some type of happy ending. Well, you once told me to go do it so and write about it. You said go. Oh, did I? Yeah, you said go to one of those places <laughs> and then write about it on your blog. And I was like, I don't, I don't think I could do that. I don't think you could either. That's probably yeah. why I told you to do it. Yeah. Um, also, lastly, on his tour writer was top culinary experts to create five meals a day renamed after his songs. 
Well, that's tight. Very tight. Yeah. Anyway, and yeah. he was finally this year in July, um, this month, he was officially banned from performing in China because of records of his bad behavior. So he's persona non grata in China. You skipped the whole part where he egged his neighbor's house in Calabasas. Well, that was like that was before. Than a year oh, ago. before. Oh, so. this is just in a year. Yeah, he's a mess. What's to yeah. Which is a bummer because well, he's going the Lindsay Lohan. He he sings the hook on the banger of the summer. DJ Khaled's "I'm the One." Right. So it's like should be the summer of Biebs. I hate that Despacito song so much. Though. He, he's I don't know that one. Don't worry. Is it Bieber? You'll, you'll hear. Is it. it Bieber? Yeah. Oh, okay. What else is going on in the world of pop culture? How All about, right. How about Jay Stu just bailing? Like. Bye, Jay Stu. He's like, oh, yeah, uh, I'll do your show. And then he's like, and then like 10 minutes in, he's like, let's wrap this up. That's a very Jay Stu What is that? Move. What the fuck is that? I don't have all more content to get to, and, and now he's not here to talk so about funny. it. Yeah. Um, all right. So I need this explained to me. Okay. I'm good at that. What's going on? You need with- it. So you, what you need is a man. I need this man to explain to me. Yeah. What the fuck is TJ Miller's deal? I don't know. Uh, I want to say this. I, so I'm going to talk about it now. I think he's fucking really good. I like love in the movies. I think he's really he's funny. Very funny. He's weird. His character in Silicon Valley was so good. Amazing. Ehrlich Bachman. So good. His most recent stand-up special, his it. HBO special, uh, it missed me. I just found I it didn't, painful. It wasn't funny. And also he had French tips. I made an Instagram of post about it here's what i think go i think he's doing some kind of weird fucking performance he's an absurdist that's true yeah okay so he's been acting out of late like what so he walked away from silicon valley and kind of respect him for that bizarrely candid i think yes in interviews about he's like he's like it's gotten too sitcommy like he didn't say that but he's like it's just not you know, it doesn't go to places that I wish it would go to. So it's, you know, it's my my character ran its course and I'm cool with that. Okay, then in a recent interview with Vulture, this is what he said. Women are taught to suppress their sense of humor during their formative years. Women want to be treated as equals and we want feminism to be a thing, but it's really difficult when every woman makes the same point about her vagina over and over. I think shock value works well for women, but beyond that, there's no substance. I want to see what else there is with such complex, smart creatures. So, again, controversial thing to say. Women mm. aren't really funny. Mm, that's not what he's saying. I mean, isn't it? He's saying that he wishes He's saying beyond the more. shock value of this sort of like women talking about their mm-hmm. vagina over and over again, there's no substance. He's saying he wishes women would go further. Women comics would go further and go to deeper places. I think plenty do. He's saying he, it seems to me that he's saying he doesn't see as much of that as he would like. I think plenty do. I don't think he's saying women are not funny. All right. Well, that is the way it was taken. Mm-hmm. Not by mm-hmm. me. I mean, I, I haven't read, the, I haven't read the whole thing. Um, I haven't read any of it. Anyway, he said that he thinks it's more important to be polarizing than neutralizing. Oh, People need a that. villain, and I'm occupying that space. Yeah. So he's declared it. He wants to be the villain. Yeah, be the fucking villain, TJ. I don't know. I think he's funny and interesting, and like everything he does doesn't work for me, but it, it shouldn't. Like he takes chances, whatever. I think he's great. Um, and he followed it up with, my goal is to distract people from the tragedy of the impermanence of everyday life. 
And I can do that best by oversaturating the market. Statistically, I give people a better chance of laughing if I do film, stand-up, improv, podcast, TV, advertising, than if I just say, what's a bigger TV show I can be on? I'm not making things for wannabe intellectual hipsters complaining on Reddit. I'm doing the emoji movie in Deadpool 2 for people on maths. Yeah. Hey. Reach. I'm just not really sure. Honest about what he's doing. What I think about it. It Mm -hmm. has a lot of douchebag elements to it. Yeah. I could see how that it could come off that way. Absolutely. Um, But having said that, he has been very funny. He's very talented. Yeah. I like him. Teach. Not really sure what's happening. He was great on his episode of uh, Crashing, the Pete Holmes show. He was really good. Yeah, yeah, he's great. That's all I have. That's it. Okay. Excellent job. I do want to, I do need to know when, uh, I need to find out when Bachelor in Paradise comes. Oh, yeah. What about our, don't we have some new Patreon subscribers? Guys, we do. If you want, we have three new Patreon subscribers Dan. Holden. Oh, Dan Holden. Dan Holden, big supporter of the show. Got a shout out from Jason Stewart today. Thank you, Danton. Ryan Vale. Ryan, your hero. Jess Proctor. Love you too, Jess. Thanks, you great, guys. great Welcome people. We Patreon very much appreciate fam. it. People that for people that are Patreon subscribers, I did a little bit of Patreon bonus content with friend of the show last week, Travis Rogers. So if you're new to Patreon, go check that out. There's a little, I did like 10 minutes of just answering Twitter questions with Travis there. And definitely once Ed gets back, more Patreon content to come for sure. Yeah, for we all of you guys, you we want to hook up the Patreon people. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Thanks, thanks Jay Stu. Yeah. Thanks, Jay Stu, for joining anymore. the show. Yeah. So for Jason Stewart, for Kate McManus, I'm Brian Beckner. This has been episode. 179 of the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. Yeah. We will see you next week. Thank you.